What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling Roll Up. We're here with the Golden Boy Dalton. How you doing tonight, buddy? Fired up for all the uh, the wrong reasons. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump right into it. I know you're uh, you're anxiously waiting to dive in, so by all means, the floor is yours. It's like I'm, it's like I'm Shawn Michaels and I'm tuning up the band. And if I can pull out one of his famous quotes, I'm going out in a blaze of glory. Fucking this week, last week we had nothing to talk about. This week we have everything to talk about, and for all the wrong reasons, I'm coming in fast and furious on Raw. Not only. Do we not? We we got another fucking spoiler as to where someone's entering in the chamber, mm-hmm. which involved Intercontinental Champion getting pinned clean. So now they've taken away a lot of the mystique of who's coming in where. But wait, there's more. Now they're just fucking with all the rules, and now it's seven people in the chamber. Just more people for Roman Reigns to destroy. Isn't it fun tonight? Tonight, we know it's it was supposed to be Corbin and Ziggler. I saw that. I was like, well, I wonder how Divivi's going to make this a five-way at the pay-per-view. Because <laughs> one of them is not, not just one of them is going to get in. And I'll be damned. Yeah. They found the most destructive way possible to do it. By having two of the people in the original title match get pinned clean. By people they beat up. Geeks. Did you expect any less? I thought maybe to to do some damage control, they would do Owens and Zayn versus Ziggler and Corbin, and if Ziggler and Corbin won a tag match, they could get in. Maybe just as damage control. But nope, they had both the guys get pinned clean as a whistle. <laughs> it was... Yep. I cannot take away any positives except for Braun Strowman and Elias from Raw. Yeah. That was the, the golden moment this week. That was spectacular. And, I mean, even the Raw main event, the five-way, was great. But then, there again, in WWE fashion, oh, we can't continue anything without having a fuck finish. Mm-hmm. So, two guys pin Bray Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of goofy shit are we experiencing right now? I it... <laughs> How many men, how many men can we jam in these world title matches just so people don't realize we don't give a fuck about them when they're they're barely on the card at Mania? It really that, feels that's, like That's what's going on. It really feels like every episode is a go home show for Mania now. I, I, I truly get that vibe. Like, even... It's okay, not in a good way. No. It's like, all right. Um, elimination Chamber. How do we still get some bumps in there without, you know, someone getting too terribly messed up? Oh, we put seven bodies in. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, okay, okay, okay. What do we do? What do we do for SmackDown? Because they're having a seven man, because seven's better than five. But five's still good, so let's put a... Five man title match at Fastlane, so that and and the and I think we've mentioned on here the original plan for Fastlane was a five way, 
but it yeah. was supposed to involve Nakamura and Orton. Yeah. And now they've doubled down and added Ziggler and Corbin, two guys out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That can't even fucking that, that Ziggler vacated the U.S. belt and Corbin can't do shit, and all of a sudden Corbin comes out there and beats a top contender tonight clean as fuck. It quickly too. What'd that go? Maybe ten minutes. Uh, Being generous. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah, least it was not Zane's, a long. At least Zane and Ziggler was really good. Yeah. But none. And and I, I they've been building up Sami Zayn. I'll give them that mm-hmm. over like the last month or so. They've been building Zane consistently. I'm just scared in typical WWE fashion. It's all going to fucking lead to nothing after Mania. Yeah, it really feels that way. I think you're probably looking Same at... Same with Elias. Same with Elias. I think Elias it, is going to be okay. Most of the time that our podcast has been going on, or for at least half of it, one of my main gripes was they have to build up the mid card. They have to establish these guys. And they've started they've started building up mid-card guys, but half of it by accident, and then all of them have no direction. Like, we've established Elias. We had established Jason Jordan, who's now on the shelf. You, you re-establish Matt Hardy as a viable mid-card hand, and I'll give them this. They have, they're establishing Apollo Crews as a good mid-carder yeah. over the last month. Crews, to me, had the best showing out in the main event on Raw. Yeah, and then on SmackDown, you've got Rude, where albeit lower than he should be, but you know he's solidified there. It looks like they're finally sliding Mahal kind of into the mid card and keeping him there, and they're they're establishing mid card bodies, but with no direction or purpose. And did you now notice tonight that, that? Did you notice tonight that they that they pseudo tried to make the the top ten list matter? Yes, and the, the sad part is. Mahal was great yeah. on the mic in that segment, but it, that segment did not need to be about the top ten. If he had said everything he said without mentioning that list, that segment could have been A+. Mm-hmm. Instead, we had to get reminded about a shitty gimmick that literally had zero factor this week because were Ziggler or Corbin in the top ten? Nope. Did they both just qualify to main event a pay-per-view? Yep then who gives a shit about the top 10 list? Well, Randy Orton does not. Was was Styles even on the show? Nope. But he was number one. <laughs> was Dillinger on the show? Nope. But he was 10th. Yep. Was Mahal on the list? Uh, la, 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 no. No. Nope. Because Orton was But he laid right. out... But he, but he laid out Orton and Rude, who were on the list, clean as a whistle, both of them by himself. Yep. WWE, it, it, it's sad because we're a couple months out from Mania, or maybe maybe like a month and a half, and they don't know what they're doing with like six or seven of the matches they're going to be on that card. Mm-hmm. It's... The, and and here's a little factoid for you. I, I did some I did some thinking. The the first brand split pay per view was WrestleMania 19. We're now at WrestleMania 34. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me how many sole main events SmackDown has had at a Mania where it closed the show? I'm gonna guess zero. Maybe Two. one. Two? Huh. 
More than I expected. Brock, Brock and Kurt at 19. Mm-hmm. And Edge and Taker at 24. Hmm. That's it. That's the only two times SmackDown has closed Mania. It's ridiculous. In 15 years. And you're telling me you can't let Nakamura and Styles close the show after after Nakamura won the fucking Rumble? Yeah. Which is supposedly <laughs> your biggest show outside of Mania. Yeah. And I, I guess that they think that giving the, the win to SmackDown was good enough. I think it's a bunch of horse shit. I, I'm telling you, man, I... This week in wrestling has just not done anything for me. No, it, like, it, it at all. It, it got it got me to the point. Oh, here here's the cherry on top, where this might make me stop viewing on a weekly basis, where I can go. Okay, I can miss this. So backlash. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about doing the draft at backlash, which is cool. That'd be fine. Totally fine with them doing the draft at Backlash. Mm-hmm. And I can give them a pass for having Backlash as a dual-branded pay-per-view just so you can wrap up all your Mania rematches in one night. Yeah. That's fine. But now they want to get rid of the uh, the, the single-branded pay-per-views again. <laughs> they want to go back to every pay-per-view being Raw and SmackDown. So as we've started to establish these mid-carders, now none of them will get on pay-per-views. That doesn't make sense to me. The The way that they laid out the schedule this year is the way that I thought that every year should, or every, every pay-per-view should be, where it alternates brands every month. Yeah, I think that's exactly. the perfect setup. I think that gives them time to do what they need to do, but they're more focused on trying to just consolidate. Why don't you just put everyone back on the same damn show? Like that, that's, They're more focused. They're more focused on, oh, we have to do the UFC model where every fucking pay-per-view has to have two or three world title fights. No. You just have to have some mid-card feuds that mean something and give some people some shots. Yeah. Not, not, because when you take away the single-branded pay-per-views and then you make those co-pay-per-views again, it it takes the big four back to meaning nothing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just an extra hour this month instead of, Oh, tonight we see the best that both brand has to offer. It takes takes that right out the window. What's the di- when they do that? What's the difference between Over the Limit and SummerSlam? What an extra hour? Yeah, that's it. That's it, absolutely it, it. It dubs down the product and it oversaturates your main events where no, none of them get time to build. Yeah, that's why there's no storylines because. When you only get three weeks to build to each pay-per-view, how do you build a main event feud? How do you build a U.S. title feud? How do you build a tag title feud? Y- you can't do it. It's just insert wrestler A who wants wrestler B's belt. They 50-50 book it, and whoever wins at the pay-per-view wins. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, my God, tonight we didn't even get a, a build with the world champion. We didn't see the Royal Rumble winner. What what does Nakamura think of it being a five way now? What does he think? What if he doesn't face Styles? That there are stakes that they're not exploiting here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the storylines, the storyline has been you know Styles. It feels like he's getting screwed over. Well, didn't they just give him the biggest dick of all time tonight by adding two more people to the match? Yeah. 
and he didn't say anything because Shane did it? It's it. None of it makes sense. This whole build doesn't make sense for for anything. For anything. Let's look at the raw chamber. The raw chamber. We've got what? Rollins, Balor, Elias, Strowman, Reigns, Miz, and Cena. Seven guys who probably could all be in prominent matches on a Mania card if it was booked correctly. I think we can all agree there. Yep. But really, that match is just revolving around Strowman, Reigns, and Cena. Mm -hmm. Everyone else in there is in there to take fucking bumps. Here's something I don't understand. Why are they going back to this? I'll preface this by saying I understand them wanting to, or them thinking that it would make the mid-card belt look good. But why why is the mid-card belt in the Elimination Chamber match? Why is it not being defended? You only have two men's my, belts. My thing is, I, I even looked past that until last night when they had the Intercontinental Champion lose clean in the opener to a guy that he had already jumped and now has to start the Chamber. Yeah. It, that does nothing for Miz unless he literally lasts until the final two. Yep. It's garbage. It's absolute trash what they're doing. It's, it's, this is how you get people to tune out of your product. Like, what? I said, this is how you get people to tune out on your product. Like, hold on, give me one second. Hold on. Yeah, no worries. All right, but All right, cool. this is how you make uh, people mic, stop watching your product. Ah, no worries. Like, I don't want to watch wrestling right now. <laughs> it's gotten to that point. I just don't care. They have not given me a reason to care. And the worst part is, is this is the worst timing they could ever have for having it feel this way. Like, they are about to get some serious competition from New Japan. And they're not in the position to fight back. And even Impact right now is looking pretty decent. Yeah, it's, it's, they don't care. WWE just does not care, except for two or three guys. I mean, my God, we are watching a time period in WWE where Randy Orton is an afterthought. Mm-hmm. He's struggling in the mid card after winning the Rumble last year. Bray Wyatt can't even win a mid card match when he fucking went into Mania's champion last year. The two people in the WWE title match at Mania are going to either be not on the card or buried at the bottom. Yeah, and where's the con- where's the continuity? That's the most prestigious belt in all of sports entertainment. It's what I'm told yeah. every week, at least three times. And why it's the one that got pinned by two people. Yeah. Not Matt Hardy, who probably is the one that... Matt. Let's be honest, Matt should have taken the fall in that match. Yeah. Out of everybody. Yeah. And they they, pin, they double pin Wyatt, and 
you know, my first thought was, okay, well, fuck, they're streaming this out another week, so we're going to get Balor versus Rollins, and whoever loses that is just fucked. Mm-hmm. Well, now they put them both in the chamber, breaking the stipulations, and now they're, they're, they're both in there to be crash test dummies because they're flyers. Yep. It, it, how dumb does Rollins look? Ever since he beat Triple H, he has been up and down in the tag division, and both his partners have ended up getting hurt, mm-hmm. and now he he's just going to be a, a blob mm-hmm. at, at Mania. I'm I'm going to guess it's Rollins, Balor, and Miz in like a triple threat at Mania. If not, they'll be in some. They might even just wrestle each other, and then fucking Strowman will wrestle Miz or some shit like that. It'll just be a bunch of stuff that, albeit Strowman and Miz can be really good if they gave it time, but I envision, you know, Braun squashing somebody. Yeah. The only thing that would make me even remotely happy about Balor versus versus Rollins is I would like to see a legit Shield versus Club program, but I don't think they're going to pull it off right. I don't think that... They're gonna start that story at Mania. If anything, it'll be the next night. Well, what one of my friends said it best. If you want to put the the talents I'm about to say in a match at Mania where it'll have eyes on it, and it, albeit it won't really mean much, but it'll get the fans viewing. Where's the Where's the big co-branded match? Why not do Balor in the Club versus New Day? That'd be good. Why not Why not do that as a mid-card match that you can only see one night mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. And that proves who one of the better factions in the company is. Why, why can't we get mid-card matches like that? Because I feel like the only mid-card match we're going to get with that type of feel is Owens and Zayn. And it's going to be after they both constantly lost. Mm-hmm. And can we talk a minute about how asinine it is that Ronda Rousey is signing her WWE contract at Elimination Chamber? Oh, that That's them saying, hey, we know this pay-per-view is going to blow ass, but all you casual fans, please watch. That's all it is. It's bad. It's just bad, it's man. Like I, I truly, I forgot when Elimination Chamber was. I, I did, and after watching the product this week, I was like, "Wait, is it Sunday?" They're they're <laughs> hyping up her coming in like it's fucking Hogan coming in to beat the Sheik. Yeah, which that, I'm sorry, I just don't see the appeal in Rousey coming in. And we, you know, two three we, years after her hype. We heard the reaction on Monday. That was a 50-50 reaction to Rousey. Part mm-hmm. of that crowd was booing when they announced that. That's because it's ass. And we all know she's going to beat Asuka. That's going to be where the streak ends. We oh, all hurts my we, stomach. We already, we already know the end game before the, it even gets started. Yeah. That's, that's one of the worst things in wrestling you can do is you, all as a fan... You already know without even them building to anything what is going to happen. And it ruins everything. Like, in storyline purposes, why wouldn't the whole roster just gang up on her? Yeah. Well, well, the, the, the SmackDown roster can gang up as the fucking welcoming committee and beat up all the people that got drafted to SmackDown, but 
no one's gonna gang up and just beat up Ronda Rousey for invading the company. Yep, that's fucking believable. But she's Ronda Rousey. Don't you know that she is a monster? I mean, God, she wow. she was the didn't, the baddest chick in the world until she lost a bunch of times in the, in a row and then went crawling to WWE for a fight? chance. Didn't she lose her last fight in like one minute? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she lost her last fight in like one minute. And the one before that, she got knocked the fuck out too. I, I, I get bringing who a a, a has been. She is a has been at this point. Mm-hmm. I can understand that, like like when when WWF brought in Ken Shamrock, Shamrock not necessarily in his prime, but still a top notch name who you knew was arguably the baddest man walking the fucking planet. Yeah, it, it was believable with Rousey. With the way they've hyped up all the other women on the roster and we've seen some decent matches, I'm not one to believe that a has-been in another sport's going to come in and fucking beat everybody and then uh, uh, end an over 600-day streak. Yeah. It, you, that, know, that's like, you know who deserves that's like if, to beat that's, that streak? That's like, if WCW, that's like if WCW had signed Mongo and immediately had him beat Goldberg. <laughs> I was the same thinking thing. about Mongo, yeah. It's the same thing. Mongo had a Super Bowl ring. Fuck. Today in WWE, if that was going on, they'd be like, oh my god, Mongo, you have a Super Bowl ring? You're fucking beating Goldberg. Uh, yeah. Fuck it. And what they're going <laughs> to end up doing, and they don't realize it, but they're going to delegitimize their, air quotes, women's revolution. Like, they're going to yeah. they're gonna delegitimize the entire thing doing this. And... I hope I'm wrong, but I highly doubt that I'm going to be wrong on that. The first step in doing that was uh, ha- having Rousey come out and tell everybody that the Royal Rumble meant nothing. Mm-hmm. That 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 was step one. Oh, Oscar overcomes the odds and wins. Well, doesn't matter because we're bringing in somebody else. Mm-hmm. Eh. I mean, my my God, I can see it now. Rousey's going to go be on the show, beat eventually beat Oscar. Then they're going to put Shayna Baszler with her. Then they're going to sign a few other MMA people and put them with her, and she's just going to have this group that runs roughshod over everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to predict because we've seen bullshit like this before. Mm-hmm. There, There is no mystique to this product. There is no... We, we all know the stuff that's going to happen that we like, may have a one-month hangover, and then it's back to the norm. Yep. Like, Styles, let's look at this Styles title reign. What the fuck is it? It, It's literally the only guy in the company that has the name to carry the title right now is carrying it. That's the only reason he's champ. And let's revisit how that's went so far. Two weeks before he wins the... It was like two weeks... He lost to Balor on a pay-per-view clean. Yep. Then he beats Mahal clean in a pretty good match on on SmackDown to win the belt. Yep. Then he he loses to Brock on pay per view. Yep. Then he I think he beat Mahal again. Then he can't beat Owens and Zayn clean at all. Go figure. Yep. And now we're in another multi man match. Fifty fifty booking at its worst. Yeah, it's, it's pathetic. It is absolutely pathetic. 
And this is, like I said, this is the type of shit that will drive your fans away in droves. No one has any reason to invest in these characters. No one. This WrestleMania card is feeling more like a Survivor Series card from like three years ago. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's the the mid card is just going to be slapped together where where we'll probably accidentally get a few really good matches because that's usually we'll usually get one or two really good undercard matches on a Mania that weren't supposed to be as good as what they were. Yeah, or get a little bit more time than expected. And then it, it, let's look at like look at the last Mania. The opening match was the best match on the card. Yep. And it involved the general manager. <laughs> what? The, the second best match of the night was on the fucking pre-show, and it was the cruiserweight title match. Yeah, it was left off <clears> the <throat> DVD because that made a lot of fucking sense. The third best full-length match of the night was Jericho and Owens, and it was the second match of the night, and Vince McMahon hated it. Yeah, I don't. Un- then, I still don't understand. And then, that. arguably, arguably in those matches, fuck Goldberg and Lesnar went four minutes. But guess what? It was a damn good four minutes. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it. Unlike a lot of things that go on in wrestling today, that is exactly what it should have been. It it was a yep. short match. They they blew their proverbial load early, and then they ended it. Yeah, it, it, it's sad. The last two plus hours of Mania, the best match was a four minute match. Yeah. That's pathetic. That's fucking pathetic. I don't care if it's the world title match or not. A four minute match should not be in the top three or four matches of the night. Nope. On the biggest show of the year. Unacceptable. And with that with that hype, I still don't know how it didn't main event over Reigns and Taker. Yeah, me me either. Except for the fact it's fuck Roman Reigns. It's fucking Roman Reigns. You know, WWE yeah, just, is the worst thing going for Roman Reigns, and I truly believe that. Yeah. Because the guy the guy is coming around, but goddamn, if he doesn't get booted booted back into like he he gets where he's he gets it. And in his matches, he gets a crowd reaction. But at the end of the match, the reaction is booze when he wins because everyone knows everyone everyone knows from the the second the match starts that's going to be the outcome. He just he is able to get people invested. He's good. He has learned. He's figured it out. Get out of his way, WWE. Get out of his way, creative. Please let the guy be be himself, and you'll see he that knows, he is the money that you want him to be. Lately, most of Reigns' decent matches have been against mid-card guys. Yeah. It's because he's away from the main event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His matches with The Miz have not been bad. His match with Elias was not bad. To me, just in-ring-wise, he is not a main event player. And it, it, even more than that, it's his character. It's the idea that WWE has painted to everybody that Roman Reigns is the be-all, end-all, and he is not only better in our eyes, he is more talented in our eyes than everyone else on this roster. That's bullshit. It is. And the it fans is. know it. And, and they've, they've done nothing to help him. They, 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 haven't beat, uh, they haven't beat Triple H. Didn't help. They haven't beat Undertaker. 
didn't help. They had him fucking pretty much squ- do an extended squash against Cena. Cena's 0-3, including house show matches, against Reigns. That didn't help. Him be- getting beaten up by The Miz constantly still didn't help. They're doing nothing to help this guy's character. The wins they're giving him are the wins that fans aren't buying, and the losses he's taking are the fans are the ones the fans want to see him lose. It's, it's like they're booking this ass backwards. Mm-hmm. It, there's no... There's no odds for Reigns to overcome. The only thing left is for is once he beats Brock, he's accomplished everything he can in his career. And it's like this win for Reigns for the belt is supposed to be the launching pad for him into the stratosphere when really it's the end of it and there's nothing left. They need, not the they need to call an audible. Ending. They need to call an audible real quick and put him with the Miz. You want him fighting for a title at Mania? Cool. Do it against the Miz. What they need to do is add Strowman in there and make it a triple threat. Have Strowman go over at Mania, and then you can put the belt on Reigns at SummerSlam. That would be no okay. harm, no harm, no foul. They still get what they want at the end of the day, and the fans get what they want at Mania, and it helps everyone involved. Yeah. And then, and then you can take Reigns from SummerSlam to however long you want. Because here's the thing: when has Reigns carried the belt into WrestleMania? Never. He's always tried to. He's always been there to win it. Exactly. What's the hardest thing to do? Carry the belt into Mania. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest thing to do when you're walking into Champ's Mania, walking into Mania's Champ. Excuse me. That's the hard. That's the hardest part. That's the pressure. Is mm-hmm. going in there as champion and delivering. Reigns has never had to go in there as champion, being the marquee champion, and carry it. He's always been the guy to come in and take it from that guy. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's and and there's not a sign of it getting any better. That's the part that upsets me. That's the part that kills me is that there is no sign of it changing. At this point, no. they could fix Reigns real quick. Like I said, put real him. Quick. Put him, put him in the in a match with the Miz. If you want him to win, cool. Have him beat the Miz. Dope. Not. I don't think people are going to be as upset about seeing him carry the IC strap, provided he actually acts like the belt means something, unlike he did with the U.S. title. I my only gripe with that is Reigns has always had a belt around him at some point, whether it be the U.S. the IC. The, the WWE title. He hasn't won the, the Universal, but he's always ha- been involved with some belt. The only feud he ever had was a one-month feud with Cena, and everybody knew what was going to happen already. Mm-hmm. This man, ha- and, and, and he had a feud with Undertaker, but everybody again knew what was already going to happen. Give this guy a pure f- feud with no belt on the line, but with stakes. Make this guy step up to the plate and carry a match that's not for a belt. Yeah. That's how you get it restarted. Make this man have some pure feuds. Make him make people care about his matches because of the feud, not the prize. Mm-hmm. I can see that too. That that's how you get this man back on track. It, it's it, like Strowman has gotten over purely by I think by accident, he got over for beating Reigns constantly, and he's gotten over by kicking the shit out of Brock, but not winning. 
Mm-hmm. Strowman not winning has gotten him more over. Well, if you remember the the way that the Strowman run started, it was beating up Kalisto. They were yeah, trying to paint him as a bad guy. Yeah. But they were trying to paint him as a bad guy then and like he would rage and at a certain point when you're a big dude, you're so big that people actually want to see you fuck people up. And that's where he is. Yeah. And so when Kalisto started just selling his ass off for for Braun, that's when Braun got over. And it was it, it seemed like after that they were like, All right, what are you gonna destroy this week? What are you gonna destroy yeah. this week? Over and over and over and he he grew that way. And it worked out great. It worked out great. You know, I don't know why this suddenly popped in my head. But I could see, I could see Reigns, and I know they're not going to do this because it involves Reigns holding an L. But I could see them having Reigns go on just like a hardcore losing streak. Or I wish I could see that. I'll say that. Which have him I go on a hardcore losing was, streak. I think that was supposed to be the Strowman deal. It, it's just well, the problem was they didn't paint the picture. Yeah, it's just nothing they've done with this guy has worked. And most of the writing has been terrible. That's something I'll give Reigns. Reigns has tried to improve, but it's just WWE's stories don't fit. No. But on a lighter note, Triple H is now in charge of 205 Live. And what immediately happens? Roddy debuts. Yep. That show is going to get good. After Mania 205 Live will be good. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I guarantee you, after after they crown a champion at Mania, that show will be watchable. And I'll even go out on a limb and say that probably when the 205 Live brand ends, it's going to be because of an NXT invasion. Yeah, I could definitely see that. NXT will invade. NXT will get that prime spot. Well, I guess it's not too prime, but you'll start seeing NXT guys on the on the main roster having having matches here and there, which yeah, I think would be great. And that would that would start the uh, the process of Triple H being able to say, "Yo, look at what I'm doing with Raw with just by putting my 205 Live my my NXT guys on here." I can do this with the entire show. Just give me the damn keys. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's funny at as much as Triple H has buried people over the years, that man is our only hope for WWE becoming anything in the next probably five to ten years. It's funny how that turned out. <laughs> I you know I I I truly believe that that it's. Partially because I think that Triple H knows where he was, what kind of person he was, and everything like that. And he's using this as his way to, quote-unquote, atone for his sins, if you may. Yep. He's like, yeah, yep. I was a, I was a fuck back in the day, but look at look at what I'm doing for you now. Like, well, forgive that, me. Triple, Triple H does have the sense in knowing who can be a star. Yeah. I'll give him that. He, he knows who can be a star... And he respects great work. That's the key to all this. Yeah, he respects 
great work. And the story, the great story, makes the great work legendary. And Triple H knows that. And I think that's where we have to get back to is, you know, we, we've seen some great matches, but we don't remember them six months or a year later because the story either wasn't there or they made the story irrelevant within a month later. Yeah, and say what you will, say what you will about the uh, the Meltzer rating system, but Gargano and Almas put on the first five star match in years in WWE. It it was the it was the first one since Money in the Bank 2011 with Punk and Cena, and that should tell you something right there. That alone should tell you something because. Yeah, I, I would say that there are probably are people who knew who Johnny Gargano was before the, uh, you know, before the Rumble, before that weekend. Yeah. But I don't think anyone knew who Almas was. And, yeah. Which is a crying shame because the dude's amazing. But yep. in reality, I don't think people knew him. And for them to go out there and tell a story that had everyone hooked. Like, the the hooks were strong on that match. Everything meant something. Uh, it, it, was a little, it was a little heavy on the false finishes, but it's an indie match. They wrestled it like an indie match almost. So, I kind of expected it to an extent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everything about that match was great. And that, that was Triple H saying, Hey, guys, go out there and burn the house down. That wasn't them saying, or him saying, all right, you need to put over this idea, you need to put this idea over, you need to put this thought in in front of everyone, blah, blah, blah. That was, you guys, go have a barn burner, make me happy, win the crowd over. Yeah. And they delivered Here's in the space. Platform. Here's the platform, go make yourself stars. And it's also funny and ironic that the basic... The basic premise of NXT for a long time, and it's been a while since I've watched an NXT show. I'm not. I'm not even gonna sit here and act like I watch every week. But the the, the funny thing is that you know WWE hates, and I, when I say WWE, Vince hates the match promo, match promo, match promo style. That's a Southern yeah. thing. That's a WCW thing. But the funny thing about that is it's perfect for the crowd. Like, yeah. you give them a match, you have a promo, they can kind of cool off, they can kind of chill out, get their energy back, then you give them another match, then you take it back, and then it, it's a constant ebb and flow. You don't put three shit matches on a card on purpose as cool-down matches. Yeah. You don't sabotage your crowd and the talent in those matches. Exactly. And... NXT, the reason it's gotten arguably as as over as it has is because they took that simple approach. They said, hey, here's a match. Opening, hey, here's a promo. The opening matches or the matches that aren't even for a belt on NXT still feel big time yeah. because of that format. Yeah, everyone gets their time on the mic. Everyone gets, everyone gets their shit in, as they say. And it everyone comes out looking good. Unless it was that, unless it was that Velveteen Dream and Cassius Ono match, but you know it is what and it is. And people even still cared about that, like it was a main event. Yeah. Well, Chris Hero has this weird thing where people just love everything he's in. 
Now, I will yep. admit, I was not an indie guy, so I did not get to see the best Chris Hero. But he doesn't do much for yeah. me in NXT. I think, in in my opinion, he's a guy who's just there to put people over. And yep, he's that, doing a fine job. Yep, that, the, the, the Chris Hero in NXT is, is a shell of... 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. Yeah. Chris Hero. Even even a little bit after that. Like, this guy is a shell of that guy, but it's like you said. He's there to put people over, and he does a damn good job of doing that because he's so believable at what he does. I just wish he'd take some of his time off to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing holding him back. If, yeah. he was, if he was in shape, he'd be a top guy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely he would be. And I honestly think, you know, Big Show went through that phase. Where yeah, he, he went from winning the world title to getting sent back to OVW. Yeah. And, Literally. And this is the guy the who... Title, back down. This is the guy who won the WCW title instantly. Like, he was a and, big deal. He has been a big then, deal his entire career, but because he let himself get out of shape, he got shown the fucking door from the like main he, roster. He, he, he went from world champion at WCW to world champion in, in WWF and then demoted and then brought back up. If that's not a humbling experience, I don't know what is. And like, those that, those, that's, those that's title reigns. Those title reigns when Heyman was involved were good. Yeah. Like they were good. <laughs> you go back and you go back and look now, it's like Chris Hero, hopefully he's in that time where he just needs to, uh, you know, take a minute, catch himself, and say, you know what, I could be this guy if if I just took it a little more seriously. I still think we still see him and Cesaro tag on the main roster. I, I think we get a Kings of Wrestling reunion, especially since Sheamus has one foot out the door. Maybe. What is the deal with Sheamus? It's his neck. It's that so he has the same. So he's he about the same to retire. It, it, it's a matter of time. He's working through it, but he has what Edge had, and it's gonna sooner rather than later he's gonna be done. And I think that's why every week you hear the commentators now saying, "Sheamus, one of the most underappreciated guys in WWE history," because they're put they're putting him over and giving him his credit before he leaves. Well, he he got the uh, the rocket treatment. He got the Reigns treatment. Which yeah, was his biggest they, issue. At least Sheamus had one really good world title reign. From mm -hmm. 28 all the way to Survivor Series, that reign was fantastic. The question about Sheamus has never been his work. Because he's always been good at what he does. It, it For a while, it was the character. And again, the company fucking up storylines. They made you not care about Sheamus. Yeah. God, the King of the Ring shit was one of the worst things in the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. the Celtic King that loses every match yeah yeah it's pretty fucking awful god but I, I just I'm waiting on the day now where I hear hold on <clears throat> I'm the commissioner fella uh, oh my fucking god you know it's don't, coming don't wish that don't wish that upon us I hope that by that point that New Japan has a solid footing here and that I can turn on my television and not wait until, you know, not watch highlights, but actually watch a New Japan product in, in America real time, 
without paying nine ninety nine a month for it. Yeah. So on, so forth. You know, maybe Ring of Honor is a little better or has just been completely absorbed into New Japan at that point, which I still think that's I think that's the move. Yeah. I really do. I think I think you just sell Ring of Honor over to New Japan, you you merge rosters and have those guys <laughs> stay over here. And just swap them out every now and then. I think that's the way to do yep. it. And just keep doing it the way you do it. And then that opens the door for working with Impact, which is kind of getting their shit together now. Yeah. It, it, and it's just, if I have any final thoughts, it, it it's just that the inconsistency of whoever's writing these fucking shows are sabotaging arguably one of the most talented rosters we've ever seen in WWE. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's an argument there. I think this is 100% the most talented roster we've ever had. And and that that's all I can say is just the 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 backstage writers are killing this product. And that I just have to leave it at that and I hope I hope it changes quick. I hope maybe the night after mania again is one of those reboot periods where we actually get good stuff and not stuff that's just for one night. Yeah, and I, you know, my final thought is, you know, I sit here and think about the names that are in WWE now, and I, I think about how many of those names came through after Triple H started getting more more power with with more more sway with who who comes in, who doesn't, blah blah blah, and and you think you, you look at the roster. And you've got a bunch of old old TNA guys and a bunch of indie darlings. That's really what the product is at this point. But who's yeah, getting really who's is. getting put over? The WWE homegrown talent. Where have we yep. seen this before? Yeah. You know, j- just every every other era in WWE. It's ridiculous. It is yeah. absolutely sad that you can say that. They still hold a grudge that they had to compete for Monday nights with people. Yeah. Which, guess what? That's the best thing that ever happened to them, anyway. Yeah. Like, they should recognize that. Like, if not for the Monday Night Wars, the product would be even worse off today. If not for ECW and WCW, WWE would be gone. It'd be gone. Yeah, and I don't think anyone would argue that. And if it if it was around because I think that I think that Vince McMahon would find a way to sell it. I, I think he would find a way, and I don't mean like actually sell the company to someone else. I'm saying sell it to us. I think that he would probably have found a way to do it, but you'd probably have, especially considering the run that TNA had in like '06 and <laughs> and forward, where they had all the guys that WWE has now. Yep. Like that the impact would be your impact would be your number one brand. You're like oh four, oh five, it looked like impact could compete. Uh-huh. And then they brought in all the WWE guys and had them beat all their guys. Like clean as fuck. I mean, in all fairness, at least they did it the same way that WWE did it. <laughs> Another God. imitation act. Let the WWE guys win. <laughs> We're going to have Kurt Angle come in, and the first two people he's going to beat are Abyss and Samoa Joe. 
Yeah, well, that's goofy. Th there goes your monster and your undefeated guy that everybody cares about in two weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, Bro. in all fairness, in that in that scenario, it is Kurt Angle, but it still doesn't excuse it completely. But you build to him and Joe for a year. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what you do. You build to him and Joe for a year and, 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 and make it big. Yeah, that's your Bound for Glory match right there. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Uh, this this week has this week in wrestling has left me exhausted. And it's I, like a it's like a crazy war veteran, man. It's shell shock. Yeah. I truly, truly, do not look forward to next week. It's it's a go home show for <laughs> Raw. It's looking like, even though. SmackDown doesn't have a show next Sunday. They're going to be on go-home mode as well. It just yep. feels like they're in cruise control to get everyone healthy to Mania. Yep. And they do not care about anything else to do with it. Yep. And it's, it's sad. It's sad. Maybe it'll get better, though. I don't know. That's that's my, my bullshit optimism speaking. But... <laughs> you got anything else for us, man? I'm I'm ready to rock and roll and get on out of here and hopefully be able to say something better next week. Same, buddy, same. But uh where can they find you on Twitter, man? At GoldenBoy615. Alright, and be sure to follow the show at Wrestling Roll Up. And be sure to subscribe. It means a lot. <laughs> let us know what you think. Let us know. Let us know how you're feeling after two weeks of basically go home shows and non other nonsense. But that's gonna do it for us, guys. We'll catch you again next week after the and and we'll talk about the aftermath of the uh, the wonderful wonderful. No, we won't. That's gonna be the go home. Then we get to talk <laughs> about the aftermath. It still feels like I said, man. I'm programmed to think it's this week because. The the we've been in go home for two weeks. Yeah. But I'm I'm signing off before I say anything else about, you know, Elimination Chamber being this weekend when it's not. <laughs> Y'all have a good week. We'll see you next next week. Same place, same time. Peace. <laughs>